Hey girls and guys, and welcome to the Always a Bridesmaid podcast. We're your hosts, Mallory and Marissa. We are two best friends in our 30s turned neighbors living in Newport Beach, California. As a couple of girls who have collectively been in over 25 weddings, none of which were our own, we know a thing or two about life after walking down the aisle. So join us as we talk all things relationships, friendships, wellness, and celebrating every season of life. From interviewing fearless single females to navigating the ups and downs of millennial dating to owning, loving, and nurturing your true authentic self. We can't wait to embark on this journey with you. But first things first, will Will you be our bridesmaid? Well, hello there, old friend. We're back. (laughs) I mean... We say that often. We say that all the time and we're aware. We've we've said that quite a few times. And you know, it's been a while. It's been a while since we've gotten to talk to you guys. Literally, it's been almost three months. Yeah. So allow me to reintroduce ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's okay. Well, okay, let's let's introduce ourselves. Yeah, let's introduce. So my name is Mallory. Uh I go by Mally. I am a co-host of this podcast. What's your sign? Um, I'm a Pisces, February 22nd. Not giving my year because that's up for you guys my to interpret. My next question was going to be how old you are. Oh, let's let that for, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm 33 years old. And what is your relationship status? Um, My relationship status is devastatingly <laughs> single <laughs> at this point. Nice. Um, yeah. Very nice. Uh, how about you? What's your name? Hi. <laughs> Um, and we did not smoke before this, despite how giggly we might be. We're just excited to be here. Um, my name is Marissa and despite my not liking it, everybody calls me Mar. So you don't like that? No, you've never liked being called Mar. No, I literally hate it. I 100% thought that was like a self-proclaimed name that you gave yourself. No, No, I like Mar, like no. You know what's funny is now that now that we're all being honest. You don't like Mally? No. Like to me, Mar is like Marge, which also <laughs> which is also your name. Okay, but I am okay. So my name is Marissa. I'm a Leo. My birthday's next month. I will be 34, which is very scary. I am also so devastatingly <laughs> single, like more single than than most, I suppose. And I, um, I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, I'm a, yeah. I'm a Leo, so. Well, with that said, you know, this is who we are and this is yet another episode. Um, maybe we'll call this season two. Yeah. This is season two motherfuckers. Season motherfucking two. We made it to season, season we two. Made it to, thank you to everybody. We've made it to season two. No, for real, you guys, we, there's, but we actually have a really great episode today. We are sharing so much that's like been on our heart. Uh, for the last several months, but uh, we know that it's been three months and there's just a couple things we have to say about our audience. First of all, like you guys still are listening because our stats are still there yeah, and we're still getting like new followers from girls. So first of all, thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. And second of all, why our audience is the best is that you guys continue to drive our philanthropic uh, 
ideas and efforts. And we were able just last month to raise $2,500 through the always a bridesmaid Instagram. And despite your co-host fucking doing God knows what half the time and (laughs) and like bailing on episodes, you guys still show up and donate and believe in causes that we believe in. And it is, um, with a genuine and sincere thanks that I say that to all of you. Yeah. I mean, within 24 hours, you single-handedly essentially have raised all that money. And it's because you guys believe in, uh, like not only have giving hearts that are willing to support, you know, peoples and family that are near and dear to our hearts, but that you would want to do it through our podcast so that we could be known and out there as well. And that just means, that means so much to us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Which Brings us to why we're here and wrapping it up again. I feel like the last few weeks, God, the universe, whatever it may be, has really put on our hearts like you need to get your asses back in gear and recording. Um, But with that, you know, we want to be very honest about what the last three months have looked like and kind of what we've been going through because it ain't always going to be easy. It isn't always easy. We, um, Mal and I, first of all, I hope you guys know that this is something we love to do. And we, we, the reason we haven't recorded is because we refuse to ever record when we're not in a good place. Like if we're ever, we're not going to be fake. We're not going to record and act like everything is fine. When something's not fine, we're not going to pretend that we have like all this wonderful advice to give when we ourselves are struggling. And I hope for what it's worth that like that matters to you when we, when we do show up because it comes from such a good place and, um, you know, it, it hasn't been easy. Mm -hmm. And, um, and like we said a couple seconds ago, your guys's messages to encourage us to record just means so much. And yeah, um, we're just so thankful, I guess that we even have this platform. Yeah. And in doing so, we don't want to leave you guys in the dark either. Right. It's not like we'll have this big break and then come back and be like, all right, let's just jump into it and start talking about it. We definitely think it's not only therapeutic for ourselves, but it's really important for you guys to know and understand what we're going through um, so that you can relate to it because we know that we're not alone in our struggles and it is real and life is real and it's yeah so we're we're here to talk about that today so yes so who goes first (laughs) (laughs) okay um but yeah so okay the last time we recorded was what did you say it was april April, like 19 april about three months ago Um, And it was such a great episode. I know that we had recently talked about, coincidentally, us reading um, the book. Maybe you should talk talk to somebody. We talked a lot about therapy. And, you know, I had mentioned, like, the breakup that I was had just recently gone through. And um, I guess I didn't realize at that time, although my the relationship that I had been in was very short. Obviously, you guys were, like, living vicariously through me on that journey. Um, but I didn't realize that I would take that situation so, um, hard in a sense. And it wasn't in a sense where like my heart was broken and my hopes were up and all those things like a regular breakup. It was more so like, like almost like shame that you have, that you took, that you took a chance on someone that you probably in your gut, shouldn't have. Right. But in your head, you're like, I want to give this one more shot. I really want a relationship to work. 
Um, you know, no matter how much we say to like read the signs and do those things, like we are only human. And I got caught up in that. And I, and I started to feel that like, who am I to give relationship advice? Who am I to preach my, my story and how I overcome things if I'm making the same mistakes that I've like made in my past. So I really took it kind of hard. Um, I, I started a new job. So I kind of like threw myself into my work and which is great. I'm so happy. Like that area of my life, I'm so thankful for. And, um, but you know, there is a thing, there is something when you start to use something to be a distraction of like what your regular thoughts are and how you're really feeling and really kind of facing like those demons that you're kind of fighting every day. Um, and I was, I experienced a lot of that in the last few months and, you know, you kind of go through denial, like I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm doing this. And then all of a sudden, like your daily routines, like start to dwindle, um, until it was just like, wow, like, I feel like I've straight away from like my other goals in life. Like I can control this one thing, which is work, but everything else I'm feeling, you know, not myself. There's like things going on with family and like, and, and, and that stuff where you just, I don't know, you kind of like hit a point where you're like, what the heck? I don't feel myself. I don't feel okay. You know, what's going on. And a lot of that has to do with me, um, leaving my therapist that I had been seeing. Um, cause again, like, finding the right therapist and finding the right person to talk to. Um, it is, that's a journey in a relationship in itself. And, um, you know, I put a really, I put a lot of effort into like building a relationship with a therapist and when they let you down in a way, when you like really needed them, um, that's kind of heartbreaking too. You start to think like, why do I need therapy anymore? Like that person let me down just like my relationship let me down, just like all these things. And you start to have these thoughts in your head. Um, and to your point about therapy is when, if you have never been to therapy, if you're a listener and you, you haven't done that, like when you see a new therapist, your first probably like eight sessions are all about sharing stuff about yourself. And you are telling this person your deepest secrets, your biggest insecurities, things about yourself that no one knows, things about your your childhood or your, or your life that no one knows. And I can, you know, when you told me everything that happened with your therapist, considering what you were going through at the time, it's like, what kind of therapist is this? Mm -hmm. Because you <laughs> shared so much with her. And then for her just to act and I guess end up being the way she was, was so, so disappointing yeah. even as an outsider. Yeah. And it's like, at the end of the day, we have to look at every profession, like no matter how great the profession is and what you do to change people's lives at the end of the day, it is a business, right? And people are getting paid, but what separates a good therapist from a shitty one is someone that's never going to let you know the difference. You know, even a salesperson in any, in any job that you have, if you're making your end client, feel like, like they're appreciated and they are not just a number. They're not just a paycheck. They're not just that, like you're going to go a lot further. And that's what ended up happening in this situation. And I was just like, so you're so disheartened because you're like, shit, I just like shared so much about myself. And then when it came down to the time where I like needed you most, it was like, a numbers thing. It was a money thing. And it was just, it's just very like disheartening. So there's been like a lot of discovery in that in the last few weeks. Um, so yeah, you know, we're, we're here to preach like therapy, but that it's not always an easy, easy road. So for anybody out there that, you know, can relate who have maybe had 
a bad experience, you know, with a therapist or with a psychiatrist or what have you, like, just know that's not the end all be all. I'm definitely working to find a new therapist and I look forward to um, building a better relationship with the next one that I find and just know that it is a journey. So don't give up on that if that's something that, you know, you know that you really need. And I know I do my best when I'm going to therapy, I have a schedule, I'm working out regularly, like all of those things. And I know we preach working out so much all the time, but it truly is an endorphin that helps release so much goodness into your brain. And so anyways, that's kind of the short, <laughs> short, but long version <laughs> of that. Um, but what about you, Mar? What about, how's, how's everything been going with you in the last three months? Um, I feel like my, um, everything has been like, okay, but to be very transparent with everybody as we've shared that we, what is our goal is, um, I, when I was diagnosed with cancer, they put me on a very low dose of Zoloft. Zoloft is an anti-anxiety, antidepressant medicine. Milligrams can go all the way up to, to, I think like 500. So my dose being at that time, it was like 25 milligrams, very small. I think it went up to 50 milligrams at one point, And I've kind of like teetered between the two. Well, I, um, about literally, it must've been like right around the podcast when that aired, I was like, I had been working out and like eating well and nothing that should make me like lose significant weight, but enough for me to kind of like identify that, like what's going on. Like I'm seeing zero difference and mm -hmm. it was very frustrating. And so I reached out to a doctor and, um, actually my, my oncology nurse, and she, uh, referred me to another doctor who work, works with women health, primarily hormones. So when I spoke to her, I told her everything I was feeling. I was like, I'm not losing weight. I'm having difficulty toning like really any areas. Again, PSA, not that I work or I don't know, PSA or whatever, just to know, like, it's not like I work out all the time, work out all the time. No, so but I, you were doing I, know, I just have to share that because I don't want you guys to think that I was like this athlete working out constantly, but no. it was enough where I felt like I should have seen something. Um, and so anyways, in our conversation, she kind of got my hopes up a little bit because she was like, well, you know, I don't know for sure, but like, it could be the case that your ovaries are starting to work again. And that, um, you know, like, she's like, well, have you ever got your hormones tested? I was like, no, because I go to a motherfucking clown doctor or clown, you know, <laughs> medical system. And but I'm like, no, they've never, she's like, have you been tested for menopause? I'm like, no. So I'm, no, 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 no to all of her questions. And she's like, well, we should definitely, oh, and my highest react, my highest, um, prob or my biggest problem was that I was agitated as fuck. Like you cut me off on the freeway. Like I'm honking you. Like my mom tells me I look like I'm gaining weight. I fucking attacked her. Like yeah, I just was irritable. very irritable. So when I shared all this with my doctor, she was like, your ovaries could be starting to work again. And I've her, I've read about this before. It's possible you're young enough. So in my head, I go, oh, she's like, you could probably get your period again. So my hopes, which it's like, I don't, I'm not mad at her because she's a doctor and it is science. And she was just weighing out my options and talking out loud with me. And, um, she kind of got my hopes up because obviously when I hear, oh, my ovaries are going to start working, I think like, oh, maybe I would have the possibility to be able to have a baby or maybe I would have yeah. the possibility to like reverse menopause. Like I start doing all this Googling. It gets so exciting to me because this is like the first time I've ever heard good news like that. 
And so I was excited. And she also said, we should change your antidepressant. Let's put you on, um, well, butrin. I, FYI, whatever names I used, everything is so unique to a person. So if it didn't work for me, doesn't mean it's not going to work for yeah, you. Absolutely. And I know many people who are on Wellbutrin and love it. So she put me on Wellbutrin. Wellbutrin affects you a little bit differently. It affects you more as like a dopamine rush versus like a steady anxiety prevention. Oh my God. <laughs> Randomly, I can't breathe. Okay. So Anyways, it was very frustrating because the side effect of Wellbutrin when you start taking it is insomnia. So I didn't sleep for like six days. It was awful. That was crazy when yeah. you weren't sleeping. And I sleep, I'm a good sleeper. Like I sleep 10 to 7, 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. Like I'm a good sleeper. It's never been an issue. It's a kryptonite in this boat, in, in some ways, <laughs> I suppose. And so anyways, sure enough, they change my antidepressant, run my hormones. I find out that not only am I experiencing menopause that I've completely gone through menopause that my body, like I'm done there. My hormones are that of like a 65 year old woman. Um, I haven't for the last four years, they predicted that I was on, I had gone through menopause during that very first year, which means I have gone under what's the word I like, I haven't been, um, seen or addressed my hormone issues for three years now. Mm, yeah. So she was like very alarmed about that and was like, we definitely need to get you on something. So it was a not sleeping, being on the Wellbutrin when you know your body is like not taking it well. And then also like that brief moment of excitement when I thought, oh, maybe this isn't, you know, maybe I'm getting like the good string of luck. And then yeah. it was just like the letdown. So it's very emotional. It's very hard when you get news like that because you can't find anybody that like relates to you. Um, I have a couple friends that are in similar boats than me, but um, in terms of like a single girl living on her own who hasn't met her husband, I don't know anybody in that boat. And so it just sucks when you can't find anything. And so I think another reason why this podcast was like so heavy on my heart to do is because like I just pray to God that someone out there is like in my boat and listens to this and like knows that you're not alone. But anyways, basically for the last three months, they've been testing out my medication. They've put me on hormone replacements. They've given me hormones to do in the morning, hormones to do at night. They've put me on Nora B, which is a different type of birth control to counteract the side effects of the estrogen and like all, it's just like a series of things. And thank God about three weeks ago, we made the decision to put me back on Zoloft and to do a, um, hormone in the morning and at night and Nora B, which is a birth control to counteract. Um, if you do, uh, sorry, this is like so long, but no. and science related, but if you do, um, too much of hormone replacements, you are a high risk for uterine cancer. So you have to do birth control. Like you have to do a Nora B progesterone to counteract those side effects. Obviously, Mallory has had such scares on birth control. I don't like birth control either. So it's like, it sucks when you have to be on something, but like she, my doctor actually just talked to her today and she's like, no, you have to, like, it's not worth the, worth the high risk. And so anyways, I'm not going to lie. Like the last three months have been complete shit. If it wasn't yeah. for my life group, which we meet on Thursdays and my therapist who we see every other week, um, I don't know what I would do. Like it was bad, bad. And I 
you probably even noticed, like I haven't even really been on my Instagram stories because like, I don't know, I'm never going to be some, a, I don't really have a platform where like I have to be selling stuff and have to be on it. Yeah. So if I could be off it, I want to be off it. And it's just, it wasn't like a depressive state where I was like sleeping through the day, but it definitely like was not good. Mm-hmm. And it, I like, I didn't feel like myself. I was so anxious. I wasn't working out. I was emotional. I couldn't get a grip on things. And it wasn't until like literally the last few weeks that I started feeling like myself again, but it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I thank you for like sharing that because I do think it is so important for people to hear that. I mean, you and I live two very, like our lives are so intertwined yet we live so such different lives. You hitting the butt. Uh, we live such different, like our experiences are so different. Even at the same time, even when we're steps away and we talk to each other every single day, like even as two people that are so close are still going through two things that are so separate in nature. But at the end of the day, like depression and maybe this is a whole nother podcast episode. It shows up in so many different ways and forms that I, I feel like I haven't even really identified those different ways that they that they show up. You know, yeah. you think it's like the textbook sleeping all day, sad, all those things, but it shows up in so many different ways. Like people get overworked. It's like anxiety driven over, over than like the actual depressive, um, like characteristics that people usually think of. Like it shows up in so many different ways. I think we should definitely do a podcast on it. Oh yeah. Um, Okay. Well, I hope that wasn't too much talking on my end, especially, but Thanks for listening nonetheless. (laughs) And again, just hope that you guys know that medication, therapy, um, meditation, whatever you need to cope with things, you do what's best for you, boo. Yes. Um, Anyways, okay. So next up, what we were going to talk about is how stress and other factors can affect your relationships and your friendships. Um, I think that it's common um, with any any age you're in, um, you know, disagreements with friends and healthy conflict comes up. Um, I think you're, as you get older, I would hope at least that those conflicts decrease and that, you know, you, the fighting is less or you make the decision to no longer be friends. And there's just not that like drama. Um, but I think that there is something to say about healthy conflict and Mm -hmm. addressing issues and owning where you may have overstepped, especially if you either lash out of anger or if you're extra sensitive and you want to share that. Um, I think one of the most important parts when you're going through something that's like putting you in a a state of demise where you're like, not demise, demise, where you're like feeling alone it's important to share because otherwise you look like an asshole, like lashing out (laughs) or, um, not being responsive, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the, I think one of the things it's good to realize too, I mean, you had mentioned like, you know, when you're like fighting and arguing with friends or whatever, it's good to distinguish healthy adult friendships versus like when we were younger and, or, or maybe friends with like the wrong people, um, where these, these like, you know, toxic, we've talked about toxic friendships. We've talked about like toxic fighting and that thing. It's like, we're at, I feel like the point in our lives where our group of friends, um, and I mean, we feel very fortunate to be at this, this part in life where it's like, when we are working through these things, like, um, you're able to like step back, like maybe in the moment you're not in the best 
um, mindset or if you do lash out, like it's knowing you have like a good core group of friends, um, like that it could, it's okay if you mess up like this sometimes, but you're going to hold each other accountable and recognize where you, where you fell short or maybe where you lashed out and like where that's coming from, identifying where that's coming from and knowing that it's, you know, wasn't that friend that set you over the curve that it's, you know, me personally, like I've been, you know, slacking at the gym. There's just so many other things where you don't realize it until you're really kind of almost called out. But when you're in a negative space and you don't really want to deal with the internal conflict that you have, it's very easy to get defensive and feel like you're being attacked and being like, well, I have like, you know, or you expect the other person to understand what you're going through. Um, and that's what I was expecting. I was expecting, you know, my friends just to understand. I haven't really opened up about the feelings that I've had, you know, post breakup um, and all like the kind of like toxic thoughts I've kind of had about myself and all of those things. Okay. Can I pause you for a second? What? Okay. So, <laughs> I'm all what? You guys, Mallory and I, like, sorry, you were going, I have to keep, I, I had such a good question because I know what Mal's going to go off on a little bit and it's going to be fucking fire. But <laughs> what I was just going to briefly say is that we sit in the solace of my home in front of flowers and and right now, Mallory looks at me dead and goes, goes what? <laughs> Why did you do it like that? Like, it's. Oh, no, I was just saying what I didn't see. Sometimes people take things differently. Well, it's that or the weed pen. But anyway, no, um, it is the weed pen. I knew you shouldn't have hit yeah, it. Healthy conflict and healthy highs. That's what this podcast is all about. No, what I was going to ask you, because I think. I, I know that for the privacy of people involved, you're not going to share everything about your breakup. Mm -hmm. I don't feel to a degree that you shared that you were like let down in yeah, a sense. And, and very and much felt, lied to. And you felt lied to. And um, I, and you let, and I know like, obviously we'll leave it at that. But the reason I think that's important to share is because I think what you've went through and how you shared it doesn't like justify the two. Mm -hmm. What she's describing is much worse of yeah. what happened. And it's I, essentially something like almost legally I wouldn't be able to exactly. speak about um, on the podcast. So it's that serious. Um, and it's, it's something in nature that I would never even think would be a situation in my life. And I'm, I'm very thankful that I'm so far removed from it, but you're just really disgusted that somebody like that could even be involved in your life that could be capable of something that could lead to a potential like a situation where like legal people get involved. And I'll just say briefly that I don't know if you're listening to this for the first time or if you're a long time listener, but they weren't strangers on the internet. They had yeah. been friends for five years. Yeah. So take away the fact of like being, you know, officially dating, but let's just say they've been friends for five years and that's a lot to know somebody through a lot of like life stages. And so to do that to a, a friend that then also somebody that you're dating mm -hmm. is just again, why? Like, yeah. It's, it's just, like, you think, you know, a person, right? Like you've known them for five years, you know, off and on in, in this, in a sense, but always in some way connected and, and in, in contact with one another. And then you get into this like deep conversation about like what this could be. And you really start to trust that person. Cause you're like, you're someone I've shared so much of my life within the last years, whether it was like through what I've gone through with family or even breakups, like even my last breakups, this is someone who I confided in and like, 
and like <laughs> other break, other breakups that I've had. It's just like so weird. And so, yes, I do feel like I downplay the situation in 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 terms of like, you know, not wanting to say too much, but I just need for you guys to know, yes, it was, it was something like way, way deeper, um, that just makes you question everything. And I think we could all agree that like, when you just feel so betrayed by someone, I mean, this is so far past even like somebody cheating. It's like way even way deeper worse. than that. Way worse. Um, and you're just like, wow, like people are, there are monsters out there. You know, there are people that, um, and to each their own though, I don't know his struggles. I don't know what led him to make the decisions that he did and like bring him to that point in his life. Um, I feel very sad that that is a result of like whatever he is struggling with. Um, and that it had to ruin, you know, other people's lives. Um, it's very, very sad, but yeah. So me on, on, on the other end, there's things I could take away to be thankful for, right. That I'm far removed, that it happened, that I could just like disassociate myself and like never speak to this person again. And it's never really going to affect me in that way. Um, but it, yeah, it just took a toll on me that I just didn't really think so. I didn't get to thoroughly talk through it with the therapist that I was hoping to. I mean, I was saying like, it's okay. You know, everybody was calling me and checking in on me and saying like, how are you doing Mal? This is like a lot. And I'm like, it's fine. I'm starting my new job. I have my appointment with my therapist this Thursday. I have my appointment with my therapist this Thursday, like banking on that. We were going to have this conversation. She was going to work me through it and I was going to feel okay. And I never got that. Um, and then I just thought I could figure it out on my own or just bury it and not not bring it to life or to talk about, um, you know, and at the end of the day, like at the end of any relationship, I mean, this was obviously a lot deeper and like, in, in terms of what had happened towards the end, but, um, you just are was like, why is it that us women are always left like with the, with the biggest doubt of it all? Like what is like, it's nothing I could have done differently. It's nothing that I, but we're still so angry at ourselves for a decision that we, we made and we were duped. Like, how could we have done that differently? You know, especially when you hear the stories of like, they knew each other forever and then they got married yeah. and they have four kids. And it's like, yeah. You and you're like, shit, of it. for once in my life, I wanted to be the exception. Like for once you want to be the exception, but it's not, it's the rule. Like it's like, it's, it's very often that it doesn't happen where you're the actual exception to the rule. Um, but nonetheless, like, yes, it took a toll on me. I feel like I wasn't vocalizing how like deeply I was hurt. Um, and then, you know, I, I was, I've, my, obviously work was getting busy and my, uh, my grandma is now sick. And so there's some things that our family has been going through and just like, so with all of that, right, I have too much, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to work out. I'm too busy with this. My mind is cluttered with too much shit for me to do the things that I need to do every single day to make myself feel better. But it's like, it's easy, right? Like easy answer. Go do the things that make you feel better. Go start to work out, talk to your friends, like work through those things, but whatever it is inside you, you're just like, no, I don't want to do it. And that's where I feel like my depression comes out, especially when it's like, I look at my room and it's like, I have so much laundry that I have not put away. Like I start something and I cannot finish it for the life of me, you know? And then again, with the podcast, we had all these weeks planned, you know, to record and do all these things. And I just could not get myself to not even get here to record, but just to have the, have the conversation with Marissa that like, Hey, I'm not in a good spot to record. 
I don't know what's going on because like, I feel like doing that, I would need to set action to like what I feel. And I just didn't feel like I was ready to set action to it. Um, you know, and so, yeah, you have to have those like hard conversations with friends sometimes. And sometimes it, you know, it came up when Marissa on her end, not knowing what I'm going through, her going through her own things, us trying to figure out this podcast. Of course, there's going to be like this internal conflict with within our friendship, right? Because on the way that she's seeing it is I just don't want to record. I'm pushing it away. I don't want to do this podcast where in my head, I'm like, well, she must know that I have this going on and this going on and I'm not in the right headspace when it's like neither of us knew unless you talk about it. And those are the conversations I'm talking about. Having those like little tough conversations, whether in a relationship or a friendship are so healthy to have. Um, have with one another and they're not the necessarily like the easiest types of conversations, but they are so warranted and they really need to be done in order to have like a very strong, long lasting friendship. We have a friendship and a relationship at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to break up, I guess. Uh, but, but yeah, cause you know, cause before you know it at the end of the day, it's a million little things that you guys never talked about or addressed, whether in a relationship or a friendship that ultimately ends that relationship. And, um, you know, so we were able to talk about those things and I think it's been, it's been really great. Um, we're back on a routine for working out. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think when it's, when it's healthy conflict as you get older and I'm so sad, I did not write down the person who said this. I was listening to a podcast and they said that it's easier, easier to have tough conversations with a new friend than an old friend, because an old friend, it's like, you really ask yourself, is this conversation even worth it? Because good friends is all about letting nothing bother you. Nothing lasts longer than 12 hours. You know, your friend, you know, does whatever. And you're like, eh, they're having a bad day. Eh, their boyfriend's an asshole. Eh, they, you know what I mean? Like you just kind of let it go. I truly believe that's how like good friendships have each other because they don't let, like, they don't nitpick all of the small things. Mm -hmm. But I think if something affects you to the point where like it genuinely hurts your feelings, I think that's when it's appropriate to talk about. Or if like Mal said, it's like, all these things. And it's like, you can't seem to connect with this person. It's necessary. Mm -hmm. When I look back at friendships that I'm no longer friends with them, I wonder like if we would have had a honest call where we heard each other out, would it have been different? Mm -hmm. You know? And then on the other hand, hand, of course I asked myself, well, what did it, would I have cared either way? You know, (laughs) like if I didn't want to be friends with them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that we want to encourage you if you're listening that it is, important to have those difficult conversations with friends. If something is bothering you to the degree where it's like hurting your feelings, I, as you, okay. I know it's kind of like, doesn't sound like it because I am not a confrontational person in the sense <laughs> of like, I am comfort. I don't know. I just, I don't like fighting with people. No, no, I don't I either. Guess that's like the, con- like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm confrontational in the sense that like with some people, if something's bugging me, like I will say, it, I will call them out. I'm never fake about anything, which I guess could be bad in a sense, but I'm not confrontational when it comes with having to tell somebody I love something that's bothering me because if it was really anything else, I don't know if I would have cared so much. It's just the podcast is really important, important to me, important to us both. And I know that, um, 
for many reasons, but it was also because I'm like, well, if we're not going to do it, we should probably take the episodes down. And it was just like a difficult conversation that we had to have. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because Mal and I talk every single day. We've known each other for 20 years. Like it's should be fine. Yet it was so difficult for me to even like have this conversation, Mm -hmm. but I felt so much better because I'm like, if anything ever happens, I feel so good about it because practice makes perfect. If you're able to practice communicating like an adult, I was able to take that. You guys were making it sound like we had this big fight. It was like a 30 minute conversation (laughs) while we were walking the dogs. Like, well, this bothers me and this bothers me and us sharing each other's stories. But that little thing diffused everything, Mm -hmm. you know, and also it allowed me to open up. It allowed Mal to open up. And I also felt like it gave us practice in the future with other for other friendships or a relationship of knowing that those conversations are sometimes necessary. Yeah. And I think it, it, yeah, we're not necessarily taught how to have healthy conflict or healthy conflict conversations at a young age. Like we're only brought up from what we've seen and like what we've thought that that's what it looks like. And if you, and if you were growing up, it's like actually such a profound thought because Mm -hmm. your parents can only like educate you as you're when you're home. Mm -hmm. But if you're having conflict at school and there's not a teacher correcting you and you're only seeing it your way because you're one-sided in the situation and maybe you're not even sharing it with your family, those skills and those communication skills that you build as a child into adolescence and then eventually college, like those are all, you know, so if you've never been advised, otherwise you may be communicating very poorly Mm -hmm. and, or the best of your ability. Yeah. The best of your ability. It's like, if you grew up in a household where everybody's fighting, like I grew up in a household where, um, you know, like we would raise our voices and we were, we're, you know, raised with girls. My grandma has, is Hispanic. She's a Cuban lady. She has a very Malu? loud voice. <laughs> Malu? Malu? Um, no. She has a very loud voice in general. Cubans talk so loud. Like you honestly don't even know when they're fighting or when they're happy. Like it's all the same. But like, you know, what I, I come from parents who were divorced. So there was a lot of fighting in the house before the end. And then like going through my high school years, I feel like my mom and I would yell at each other. My sister and I would yell at each other and we would get through our conflict, but we did it through arguing. And although I don't necessarily do those, I don't have loud outbursts like fights with people. I, I, I very much am not. I'm. I'm a non-confrontational person in that way too, to the, to a fault where like I avoid it like the plague until it's like this giant elephant, like sitting on my face. But, um, you know, if that's all, you know, if that's all you've been taught, it's really hard to identify, you know, doing it differently. And it isn't, it could take just a very easy conversation like that to understand like, wow, there is different ways to work through conflict. It doesn't ever have to end in a fight. It's just like a, just a real conversation where we were both able to say what's on our hearts and move on. And like, I just feel like it makes us stronger for it. And I just encourage anybody who, you know, maybe struggling in, in a relationship or even in a friendship, like have a, just an open honest conversation and just say like, this is on my heart and I like love you enough to have this conversation with you and I want to work through it. And you know, if I'm seeing things differently than what you're doing, then let's work through that. Let's figure out why I'm seeing it this way and why you're seeing it that way so that we can see the same. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's very helpful. So, um, yeah, 
And try not to lash out if someone comes at you to try to talk about it too. That's hard. That's harder to do. I think that like, that's definitely what I just wanted to share as my piece of advice is if you like, I feel that this is, I'm, I'm not confrontational in the point where, okay, if I'm going to react to something, I'm going to do that. But then when I have to talk about it, that's what I'm not confrontational about. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like the immediate reaction of something, I am like, I'm, a terrible liar. If somebody is something is happening in front of me, my face tells it all. Like I don't have a poker face, even though I'm a good poker player, (laughs) but I don't have a poker face where I can like sit there and act like nothing's bothering me, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that that's something in therapy that I'm definitely working on because it's almost like if something, somebody says something, how often do we say things without thinking literally all day? We're just like in such a, uh, fast pacing of like work to your, to your workout class to whatever that it's like, you know, sometimes you don't think, but yet when someone says to you, you don't give them that benefit of the doubt of like, well, maybe they weren't thinking, or maybe they didn't care, or maybe it didn't even matter. And I'm just like highly sensitive right now. Yeah. But I think it's important that when you do lash out or overreact or get upset that you rectify it and reach out to that person immediately. That is the best advice I can ever give you. If even if the person won't receive it well in the, in the words of my therapist, like it's practice for you. So if you know that you're going to reach out to somebody and say like, Hey, I'm sorry, I acted that way. And they're going to spin it and say something rude to you. It could be like, you know what? I owned up and I practice that. And I'm like proud of myself mm-hmm. for doing that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just so important to know, like if you do want to lash out and you, and you, are upset that you are apologizing or you are reaching out because sometimes those healthy conflicts and those, those arguments come from that or start those. And Mm -hmm. I think it's just, it's so important to be self-aware enough when to, to own up and say like, Hey, I'm sorry. I acted that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like giving that feedback is hard, you know, to like in a friend, in, in a friendship when you need to give like feedback to that person, um, if it's not being received well or what have you. And it's just always good to go into it, like showing that it's a place of care. Like I, I noticed I, you know, reacted this way and I'm, and I'm sorry, this is what I'm going through. And, um, you know, I should have been upfront with you before, but I took, you know, your comment this way. And this is why I react that way. Like it goes so such a long way when we could admit our, our faults sometimes and our shortcomings, because that person, that person on the receiving end, isn't going to be a a perfect person all the time. And there's going to be a time where, where maybe they, you know, lash out at you, but they're going to remember when you were the bigger person and accepted your faults and apologized. And like, that's what makes a true, great friendship is to be able to do those things and practice with each other and stuff of, yeah. Yeah. I just started recording. <laughs> I early recorded on like the last two seconds of Mallory because I wanted you guys to hear that like in my head right now, I was overthinking like, does this episode have a rhythm? Like, is it making sense? And she's saying, yeah. Yeah, it's making sense because Mar also took a puff of her puff. And when she does that, she thinks things don't make sense. So I'm hoping it does because in my sober mind, I'm saying yes. But nonetheless, we're going to post it and post yeah, this and episode because it is what it is. And ultimately, it is it is just a catching up with us, Mm -hmm. but let's, let's get to some fun things, right? Or I guess some fun things. I don't know. You guys will think it's fun because isn't our lives always funny? Like when you know that our downfall is dating. So let's, let's get into it and talk about, um, I'm sure you guys have seen, I have a, I have a little 
Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, we have a contract. Is that what you're going to say? Yes. And I don't mean a sex contract. I mean, not a sex contract that I had in 2018. Yeah. You know what I mean? Our group of girlfriends actually just uh, like some of our, uh, us single ones, you You know, you guys know that me, Mal, Brooke and Jade are literally like the last single people like the, everyone just keeps falling off and finding relationships. And it's just the four at this point. Um, but we were evaluating, like, we're all literally so different in terms of our dating pather- patterns and rhythms and like what we're even doing to put ourselves out there. Okay, Mally, give me like a quick synopsis of each person. Okay. Because after this airs, I want to do a vote of like who people think they're dating. Okay, so this is the synopsis, which we tried to post on Instagram. But once again, Mar was so high and couldn't get it to, <laughs> to post on Instagram. So <laughs> Wait, I made Mal re-record like nine times. Nine times until I just said no. every time I did it, I wasn't able able to get the sound like in that blink of a second when it was time to do that I would forget yeah would- even like the next day she's like one more I'm like no I'm not <laughs> sending you another recording of this okay sorry go so ahead. I was like we'll make a podcast so we decided to have a contract for the month of July where all four of us agree to go on two dates with two completely new men we are not to have known them prior dated them prior made out with them prior they all had to all be new people and because each of us have a situation right so i'll break it down so myself we'll start with me we'll throw myself under the bus i tend to have a problem as you could see from like the last hour of me talking um when I'm single, like I tend to backtrack and for whatever happens and I true. And some, if any of you guys that I've ever hooked up with are listening to this podcast, you, you know, you know, fucking exactly what I'm talking about. You go on my Instagram, you see that I'm single and all of a sudden I'm starting to get DMS of all the ghosts from Christmas past wanting to like hang out. Like, you know, and I'm just like, I don't know what it is in my head, but I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll hang out with Joe Schmo that we used to hook up all the time. It never led to anything, but okay, cool. Like you just start, I start to entertain people from my past and they're in my past for a motherfucking reason and they need to stay there. So my whole thing is like, when I become single, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm hanging out with B-Dog again, or I'm going (laughs) on a date with whatever. And everyone's like, are you fucking kidding me, Mal? A, you didn't even like that guy. B, you just hooked up with him. Like the list goes on. So I literally always backtrack and I I call it the recycle method, I suppose you could say. So that's my thing. Meeting (laughs) two new guys, completely new. They can't be someone I match with, nothing. Marissa, on the other hand, you know, we all complain we're single. We're, we're saying this all, this, all all of this. And this motherfucking bitch never even steps up to the plate. OK, she's like still at her house, <laughs> getting ready. Her cleats aren't on. She fucking her uniform's she's not high. Her uniform's not clean. And she's, she's stoned. Yeah, she's <laughs> eating a fucking breakfast burrito right before the game. I mean, she's doing nothing to prepare herself for the actual game. So we wrote this contract to challenge her to actually like, no, Marissa, you need to, whether it's download the apps or meet someone in person, like challenge yourself to put yourself out there. Because as you guys know, she has, she, she'll download the apps for a few days and then she'll get so sick of it and she'll delete it. Or like, she'll maybe. <laughs> That's because the goddamn cast of, uh, what's that movie called? Um, what? That where the dude, oh my gosh, what's that movie called? The Lost Boys, Peter Pan? No, um, with Jack Nicholson. The um, Shining? No, not <laughs> just Shining. Oh my gosh, what's the name of it? Not The Shining, Jack Nicholson and- Something's Gotta Give? No, but close. I love Jack Nicholson. Okay, what is, 
Um, oh my gosh, it's gonna bug me. It's they hang. He hangs himself. They're in the jail. They're in the jail. He hangs himself. The Green Mile. No. <laughs> what in the fuck are you talking about? No. What is it called? Not Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know why that's coming to my head. There are two guys, and they're in the jail cell. Not one flew over a cuckoo's nest, but I'm getting closer. I've never seen that. Movie yes, you either. have. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, well we're gonna have to table no, that because it's 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 relevant. To you know, your mom right now is sitting in her apartment or Jack sitting in her Nicholson house saying, and she knew it. Jail movie. Hold on, I'm gonna get it right now. Chicago. <laughs> he wasn't in Chicago. No. Um. Ugh! It is with Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman. Oh, it is not the bucket list. It is not the bucket list. What is it called? Oh my gosh. Marissa. It is the bucket list. That's the no, only one no, we're no, in no, together. No, 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 no. It is. Hold on. Are you sure it's Morgan Freeman? You're not sure it's Morgan. No, Freeman. I am sure. Hold on. Hold on. Hold oh on. Oh my God. Why can't we call Lifeline? Oh, something's got to give. Oh, oh, wait. No, that's not it either. Oh my God. What women want. <laughs> oh, that's Mel Gibson. Shit. What the? Oh my gosh. Why is this so hard? I don't believe it, Mar. I don't believe that there's no, another... it's Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholson. Hey, sweetie. What is the movie? It's Morgan Wallen and Jack Nicholson. No, Morgan Nick or Jack Nicholson. Oh my gosh. Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson. It's they go to jail. Um, Jack Nicholson wasn't. <laughs> what is it called? Shawshank Redemption. Okay, thank you. Marissa, my are you kidding my me? My Bumble profile is the goddamn cast of Shawshank Redemption. The dudes that are swiping on me are in prison. <laughs> you went through all of that <laughs> just to say that the men that you're swiping on are from prison. <laughs> oh my God. You could have gone with Green Mile too because there's people in prison in there. Basically, yeah, but then they're going to think that they could, if I said that, the dudes can suck dis diseases out of people. And I don't want to give them misinformation. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyways, long, very freaking long story short, Mar never steps up to the plate. And the people on Bumble, yes, everyone is part of the Mickey Mouse Club at this point, but we're going to, we're giving it a shot, right? We're giving it a shot. The reason why Brooke needs this contract is because she stuck on a guy from like this long-term back and forth relationship and just to actually like put herself out there. And then there's Jade who she's doing the contract because she's like, she's young. She puts herself out there and she goes on dates, but we needed to limit her. <laughs> you need to limit her intake to just two dates, brand new dates because her being on the single, her being on the younger side, like so many guys from Bumble will match with her and then slide into her DMs. And it's just like, 
like nothing ever gets on the right foot either. Like it won't lead to a date. And it's like, why are they DMing you and not writing you on the app or just asking for your number? There's just so many weird things that happen with like some some guys that she matches with too. But to more maybe be like more selective and weed through and like have like more like quality dates with with some people. So that's kind of where all four of us are coming from with this contract. It is now July... 12th and we have yet to go on a motherfucking date has not been easy but you guys i have to be honest. i did go on a date but it wasn't on the rules of the oh contract. wait oh wait okay he probably would not listen to this show uh he most definitely will listen to the show because we <laughs> talked about the podcast like for a long time because he's in television <laughs> oh okay um but so what, i did go on a date <laughs> It's, we did go on a date. It was actually a very great date. He's a guy that I've actually talked about in previous podcasts. Um, I can't necessarily say what he does in terms of a profession. I don't think. It's Chris Harrison. It's Chris Harrison from The Bachelor. Um, but no, very great date. I just once again, I feel like I'm drawn to guys that just don't really stay put. I don't know. He travels a lot for his job and there's just like a lot of things going on. But it was a really great day. There's nothing yeah, she didn't bad, necessarily time. bad to say about it. But I just don't know. Um, you know, he's a he's a fun guy. So we'll the man we'll on see. the go. He's a man on the go. He's a trambling man. He's, I keep, I've been using the word rambling man and no one seems to understand what that means. And I thought it was just a common known thing. Like, oh my gosh, I'm always into rambling man. Like they're going here, they're going there because of that song. You're a rambling man. Oh, I thought, you that, I thought rambling man meant change. Um, like stop rambling. Oh no. Just someone that's like always rambling around, like just going from state to state. It's that, it's that Zach oh, Brown, dude, I Zach dated, Brown I dated a guy in 2018, Hunter, rambling man. <laughs> but see, he was the most fun. He, yeah, the rambling men are they the most are fun. The but most they, honey, fun. they design it that way. And they have such fucking cool stories. This guy has been to the coolest places where I was like sitting there and I'm like, I'm so fucking boring. Like you've been to the Have you been to Pikachu the Pikachu mountain the and smoked peyote with the shaman? Like cool. I <laughs> fucking Mallory, went to Malarkey's last weekend. But Mallory, you have been to the Altaloma bridal trails. I have. And if those bridal trails could talk, Marlene Stefan, you let me know what they say. <laughs> um, but yeah, it has you guys, it has not been easy out there. Um I like downloaded the apps for me to download the apps. It is like, it's already hard enough. That was it's, a big step. It was a big step for me. And I was proud of myself. And, um, I, you know, I just want to get, I don't even have to like meet the guy I'm going to like marry. I just want to like date a little bit and like start learning what it's like to have regular conversations. I think my problem is, is that I have a lot of guy friends and they are all super hot. I love them like brothers. I'm not like romantically interested in any of them, but I'm around that manly energy that I'm not like looking for a guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I'm at the bar or I'm at like a restaurant, I'm with all my guy friends, all my girlfriends. We were at the wild goose last Friday. I'm with all my guy friends. Like I probably don't look very approachable, but these are like my, some of my best friends. Like, of course I want to spend the evening with them. And so anyways, I feel like that being said, a dating app is best for me, but and what guys, will they do if we stop hanging out with them? They won't have anything to do. They won't, they won't have anybody <laughs> famous in their group of friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Except for Connor. I'll <laughs> but I'll tell you guys this right now. All the people I did talk to, 
I deleted the app or else I'd read it, but I She remember. deleted it yesterday, okay, you guys. So- and we, we did say in the terms of the contract, if at any point, like having the apps or doing this is making you feel less of yourself or whatever, then absolutely delete the apps and don't, don't go about it that way. Yes. Um, first of all, um, I match with one guy and he were the conversations actually going very well, fairly well. He's from the Midwest. Personally, I strongly believe I will marry a man from the Midwest and we're talking and the conversation's going good. And then I fall asleep. And I wake up to these messages from him and it's like, Hey, what are you doing? And then I obviously didn't write back. So I'm sleeping. He's like, what are you doing tonight? And then he's like, okay, so what's you up to? And then he's like, come on, write back. Don't be shy. And then writes back. Don't like, be creep, shy. Like creep, 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 creep. Then another guy, like he, I can't remember if I told, told this story already because this was a couple months ago, but I just have to share it. So on dating apps, you, this was on hinge. You could put like your political status, your age, height, whatever. So I put that I am like, you know, I put my political views that I'm Christian, my height, all of that. So he, and then you could put these little things, these, these quotes or whatever. So it says a shower thought I recently had. Well, a shower thought I recently have, which I've always had this thought is that you never stop clapping. It's just that sometimes (laughs) the pauses between your claps are longer, right? So I'm clapping and then I'm going to stop clapping. I'll clap the rest of my life. You 100% made your, made your profile after a few hits. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So that's the only way I can get out of the depression of making an online dating profile. I'm just kidding. I'm probably going to, I'm going to download it again once I get that uh, estrogen back up, but (laughs) (laughs) you're a Guatemalan and I'll get the chisme. Um, but anyways, so I write that I'm a Christian and then I write, what's a shower thought you recently have. We never stop clapping. It's just that sometimes the pauses between claps are longer. So him and I start texting. He asked for my number. The conversation's actually going very well. He's super cute. He's like nice. The only red flag is he wanted to hang out that night. I'm a, not a proponent and of same day dates nope. and B why the fuck don't you have plans? Like I have plans. It's, it's, it's today, you know? So I wasn't into it. So then I'm like, Oh, what about Friday? Anyways, long story short Thursday again, what's with me always falling asleep. I fall asleep. I wake up to messages from him at two 30 in the morning with a screenshot of my profile and says, this is why I don't like Christian girls like you, you guys only want to have sex and you promote it on your profile, insinuating (laughs) that clapping, like that random high thought insinuates that I'm looking for sex on my profile. And it's like, he blocked me because then I tried to write him back and like cuss him out. My texts were green and he blocked me. And it just like, those are just two examples of you're trying to put yourself out there on this dating app. And the things that people say, it's like, you're not allowed to speak to me like that. Yeah. But what do you say? Like you just unmatch them. And then you're sat, you're sitting there with this like empty feeling of being like, I feel super defeated right now Yeah, because these were nice, normal guys. I can, I'm not even telling you guys about the weirdos that ask for photos or that take mirror selfies at the gym, like any of that. I'm talking about like people that I genuinely liked enough to like begin a conversation. Yeah, no, I know it sucks. It sucks. (laughs) It fucking sucks. When does it get better guys? When does it get better? Just kidding. Um, We're angry. But no, just like mine last week, I was like talking to this guy because keep in mind, it's not even like there's so many things you weed through when you match with someone. 
I'm I'm a proponent of like I match with people based on and this may not be the best thing. Like if their picture is cute, like sometimes I won't even read past their profile. If they're cute, swipe right. Cute, swipe right. She if does not care. If they're if they're like not the cutest, then like let's read their profile a little bit. Let's see if they maybe have a personality. Okay, then swipe right. Some so oftentimes I swipe on men and I match and then it's like they're four eleven or they're really short or whatever and all these things, which is fine. Like whatever. I'm just I'm trying to be more open minded about shorter people. Uh, <laughs> I really am. But um and so this one guy I match with, he is Australian. He is six <laughs> four. He has beautiful eyes. His like first message to me, I can't even fucking pull it up because why he unmatched me, but like he was so cute. We had like the best banter back and forth. I think like one of his prompts on his page um, was like, oh, two truths and a lie. And it was like played professional football, traveled the world or has um, I'm missing a, a toe, <laughs> like a, like a little toe. And then I was like, I don't know. I said something witty like um, – I don't know. I don't know. I said something about the toe. And then he's like, oh, no, actually, that's the lie. And I was like, damn it. I was really hoping. Um, I was really hoping. I don't know what I said. Anyways, back and forth about the toe. Then we go into talking. He's giving me all these compliments saying that, like, I'm I'm like so beautiful. I have a beautiful smile. I'm like, thanks so much. We get into talking about like what we do in terms of our careers, all this stuff. He says he's a firefighter, but he said he moved here two years ago. This is where my mind goes. OK, red flags, you're fucking lying to me because he said he moved from Australia to the States two years ago. This last year was all of COVID. He says that he's been a firefighter for the last two years, yet he moved to the States on a whim because he always wanted to live in the U.S. I have friends that have been trying to become firefighters for 10 fucking years, and this guy just moves in a year on a whim for a travel, and then it was able to become a firefighter. So to me, I was like, I don't really know if this is matching up. So then like it had gone 24 hours and like he had asked me a question. I had replied and then he never replied back. And then 24 hours later, he was like, oh, hey, um, how's your day going? So disregards the last question that I asked him says, how's your day going? I was like, good. I thought I lost you there, like with a winking face. And he's like, what do you mean? And I don't know if this is just like the cultural barrier or whatever. But I was like, um, oh, no, I said I was worried. I was like, oh, I was worried. I was worried. I lost you there. I said the word worried. And if you know our friends, we always say, oh, my God, I'm worried. And it's just like a term that we use. Um, I don't know if he took that as like I was really worried about him or his well-being. <laughs> but literally after that, he unmatched me. <laughs> like, what did I do wrong? And it's it's annoying because then their thing disappears and you're just like, what the hell was and that? And then you, you have to grieve a loss. You grieve a loss of my 48-hour <laughs> Australian hunk of a man. <laughs> we I had our wedding plans and everything. I would have moved to Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> I would have gone with you. Yeah, it's Anyways. just it's I I think the contract is a good step in the right direction because I will say that if you listen back to our episodes where we talk I think we recorded in December and we talked about our plans for the years. Like I think both of us were going into this year with so much like excitement and we were like just so ready to take on the year and then we like both got covid and then I got we both got I don't I can't remember if you did but like so sick from the vaccine mm -hmm. and then Mallory's like job was a shit show and then they changed you know it was like a, like like one thing after another yeah, after it was another. really it's a like, lot of shit 
Yeah, yeah. But, well, I mean, yeah, of but, course. But and everyone goes through things in life, you know. And I, I feel like even with every, every sad thing, like you know, with with my grandma and stuff, there is a silver lining to everything. And like, you know, my family has been able to get closer in these last like few weeks. Although I, you know, claiming I've been in like a dark place, like. I've been able to spend so much time with my family that I did not get to do in this last year. And, you know, when you're when you're faced with like losing a grandparent that you're very close to that, you didn't get to spend this last year of her life with because of covid. And you're you, there's just so many things that go through your head. Like you're just so thankful for family. Mm-hmm. And I'm very thankful for a big family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with all things said, you can always find something to be grateful for, no matter what the circumstances it, no, not, no matter what the circumstance is, it could just very well be the breath that you're breathing in your lungs every day. Like that is something to be grateful for uh, and should be, you know, celebrated. So, yes. Yeah. Things have, you know, haven't been easy, but um, I guess that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Like despite everything that we've shared, like there has definitely like been very hard times, but we know people out there that are hurting and mm-hmm. it doesn't make our problems like less of a priority, but it, it definitely, you know, it's, it still matters to find like, even when it comes to dating to like laugh at like the craziness that is dating that mm-hmm. like, despite everything of like when we were so excited in December that like we look back and six months later and it's like the same shit, yeah. different day. But like, I'm so proud of us because I believe that there are storms in life and to like come out of the other side of the storm and be like, let's record our podcast and let's like put our hearts back out there and let, let's like try dating again, yeah. you know, and let's, you know, but I think the reason I was going to say that other tangent about our episode in December is like, I, Mallory, we've shared this before, like open heart, like receives love, ready for love. I'm like much more cynical at times. And I think the reason that like, I personally am excited for the contract is because I feel like it will, whether or not I even go on a single date in July or maybe next month, it just like gets me more ready to do that. Yeah. Um, I think it's exciting to try to like change, even if it is halfway through the year, Yeah, we set these like huge ambitious goals and some of them, you know, like I, we have seen through a lot of them, but you know, just because a few months or six months don't go as you anticipated, you can totally at any point in time, like find the bright side and start something new or, or begin again, something that you had already started. Yeah. So we are excited for the coming weeks and uh, what is what we will have planned and, and, and plan for that. Like it's summer. There's a lot of fun and exciting things going on. Obviously we love to hear from you guys and what you would want us to talk about and talk through, but, um, you know, we're going to get to planning and we're just excited to be back on this journey with you guys. And, we're happy you guys didn't forget about us because we didn't forget about you. <laughs> and we actually have like a long ass list of topics. Um, but please always DM us if you have um, a something that you want us to talk about or if you have a question about anything. I don't know why in my head I'm like, does this episode make sense? It makes but- <laughs> sense, Marissa. It makes sense. You'll listen to it tomorrow and it will make sense, I promise. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we are, we are excited. Um, just to let you guys know again that, um, we don't make any money from this podcast, obviously, we'd be fired, <laughs> um, but we don't make any money and 
this is like something that we just as two best friends in their thirties that are neighbors, as we say in our intro, like to do, it's just something that we love to do together in such a special way to be friends doing the, the show. Um, but that's not to say that every advice we give is free. Yeah, it's not free guys. And, um, you guys know that we are all about just giving back to the communities that we love and believe in. And we're just going to continue to give to Tyler's tribe. Um, you guys showed up so big when it came to that golf sponsorship. And even if we're able to just give his family a few hundred dollars every month on behalf of the show, um, every dollar counts. And so if any, anything in this podcast was meaningful to you, you found anything of it related, or you're just like congratulating us to get back to recording, feel free to send me a Venmo. I'll send, I'll put my name in the show notes. hundred percent of everything we raise goes right to the Tyler's tribe foundation. And I know the family appreciates it so much. <laughs> yeah. And thank you. Give us your money. Give them your money. We love uh, one of the most fun parts of the um, of of having of, of the golf tournament was kind of going to table table and like people just being so generous and donating their money. And it's like the one time in life you can just like really ask people like, you know, give me your money. <laughs> like you're here. Give us your money. It was actually good. It really it was fun to do, but all for an amazing, great cause. And we love the Decker family with our whole hearts. So. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Don't forget that you can follow us along on Instagram at Always a Bridesmaid Podcast. We'll be sharing updates about recordings and um, yeah, yeah. Until can, until next time. Until next time, we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Bye.